now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday afternoon, and we are less than an hour away from the Kevin Durant introductory press conference, which I'm imagining is going to be quite the event, Wolf. I believe there were even some fans that were able to, to buy tickets or whatever, or get tickets on the to buy them, to be in attendance. And that's all I'm seeing on Twitter now. But all morning, all I was seeing on Twitter was the Jonathan Gannon press conference that we also carried for you live here. And we carried it for you live right at the start of our show. Yeah. So I know, Wolf, you being the the always prepared guy you are, you had a list of things that you were looking to to hopefully hear from him going in, but we never got to talk about him because the show started with the live press conference. Yeah, and as I read these off, based on onions, there are five things I wanted to hear from Jonathan Gannon. Understand, you're getting five things from a former wedge buster slash fullback. Okay, those are the five things that I wanted to hear Jonathan Gannon say, but my perspective is a little skewed. I think we'd all agree. I'm going to write these down. Perspective Um, skewed. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, gather on the transistor and press the ear. I wanted to hear him say winning is hard, but our philosophy is simple. Be capable of being whatever we need to be to beat our opponent. All right, we have to grade these out then because you have very specific things you want oh, to yeah. hear. Like well, you had... that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, so keep in mind it's coming from a wedge buster, <laughs> okay. coming from me. Well, can you read that again? Because I kind of feel like he did say at least a version of that. Okay, uh, number one, winning is hard, but our philosophy is simple: be capable of being whatever we need to be to beat our opponent. I wrote that down, Basinonians. That's last night. What did he say? Adaptable. He talked a lot. That's what he used. He used the word adaptable. As a matter of fact, it was the first thing he said with his shared vision. His four points of emphasis, adaptable, violent, explosive, smart. All right, here it is. This is what our team's going to be. We're going to be adaptable. We're going to be violent. We're going to be explosive, and we're going to be smart. And then he also expounded on what adaptable means to him. It's everything to me. The game continually changes and adapts, and the game in 2023 is not going to look like it was this year. And that's because coaches are smart. So um, I famously set a line back in when I first took over as a defensive coordinator of Philly that I don't have a scheme, and people were very uncomfortable with that, and I was not because I don't believe in a scheme. I believe in putting the players that we have in positions to be successful. So we're going to look different week to week, predicated on who we have playing and who we are playing. And um, I think that you have to be ever evolving and adaptable and have a growth mindset to stay ahead of the curve or you will get beat. So uh, that's what I mean by adaptable. Good just question. Say this, Wolf, before you, you go on to your next one. Um, and this is not, I'm not looking to pile on Cliff Kingsbury, but I, it felt like the perception of this team last year, and there were certainly games last year where it felt like they weren't adaptable enough, where they were like, this is what we, now they had so many injuries that I don't want to yeah. just brush that, I mean, they didn't have any players left, but it did sort of feel like at a certain point in the season, nope, this is what we're going to do, and they were just running into the same wall. So again, Jonathan Gannon's got to do that, and when things get tough here, he's got to be able to adapt and find ways to win. 
But that kind of sounds like what you said you wanted to hear right there. Yeah, no, that was it right there. Being adaptable to me, I'll translate that into we need to be whatever we need to be in order to be you. <laughs> all right. I mean, you, you've got to be able to be capable of doing all that. If that means you got to line up and run the ball in between the tackles to beat somebody, you got to be capable offensively of doing that. If it means lining up and throwing the ball 55 times in a game because their secondary stinks and their pass rush is benign, that means you've got to be capable of exploiting that. You've got to be capable of, of beating teams in different ways. That's what I heard him say when he was talking about being adaptable. So I love that. The second thing I wanted was football is hard and we practice hard. <laughs> That's what I wanted right there. Football is hard and we practice hard. Now, he didn't get, he really didn't get a question about fairness at the press conference, but we had the opportunity to ask him about practice. Yeah, this uh, he joined us after the press conference. We asked him how is he going to conduct practices. Yeah, very, very high pace. When we go, we're going to go. Now, uh, there will be high and low models of how we do that, uh, but ultimately what you're looking to get out of practice is improving the players, okay, evaluating the players, and then keeping them safe. So I'm actually a little more, you guys uh, will, will get to know this about me, I don't believe in being on the grass for, a, for an inordinate amount of time. I think what you get done in two hours, you can get done in an hour and a half mm. if you have the right tempo and the right structure, and it's better for the players when you do that. So I'll always have the players' health in mind first, and then accomplishing those things that I just talked about. But it's going to be high, high energy on the practice field and very, very competitive. There you go right there. And, you know, once again, you have to keep in mind the NFL has limitations as to how many padded practices you can actually have in a season, which just blows my mind. It just, I, I, they count how many padded practices you actually have during a season. I, inconceivable to me, but. Before you say something about how that, that never was the case in your era. Your era is why they have a limitation now on how many practices they can have with pads. It's one of the things I love the most about the era that I played in. It was the brutality. It was brutal. And I loved every brutal moment of it. Having said that, <laughs> I don't have enough time to actually. We're going to get into the other, other three. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do we're, that. We're going to do that at the bottom of the hour. Oh, okay. We're going cool. to flip over to Suns, but we left. See, this is the genius of this show. We had left this segment open just in case because we knew something might happen at one thirty. So we'll get back into that when we come back, though. And I don't know if this is going to be like group therapy for Suns fans or if we all just need to kind of talk our way through this or what. But uh, Mikel Bridges last night had a career night. Felt kind of weird to see him have a career night on a different team. But also, it's Mikel Bridges, so how do you really, you can't root against him. How do you feel about the uh, the trade that is going to start to feel more like the Suns got somebody when Kevin Durant gets introduced here in 49 minutes? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mikel Bridges 
or apparently Brooklyn Bridges, as they're calling him now over there. They think they're so clever in Brooklyn. Now we need like a cool desert nickname for Kevin Durant. So where do you think they're going to just shorten that for his nickname? Brooke. What's up, Brooke? I don't know if that's going to work. No, I mean, and maybe Cal Bridges. Yeah. Brooke. Um, I'm still curious as uh, they, they, you know, they, they Bleacher Report had the graphic. It's at Brooklyn Bridges. They had his 45 point night, by the way, last night. And uh, and then Jalen Brunson, his college teammate, quote tweeted. It was like, hey, you want, want me to tell you everybody what your real nickname was? Yeah. <laughs> Cal Bridges is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder why that is. Let's see. Uh, it probably came from college. Is that what you're I saying? I would assume so. Did yes. you? This is the most Mikel Bridges thing ever. He um, he puts up 45 <laughs> last night, right? And then yes. he tweets out after the game, LOL, with the uh, looking emoji. Okay. That's that's how Mikel Bridges celebrates a 45-point night. A career night for Mikel. Now, I would say this. He was trending, maybe not to a 45-point game, but he was trending towards taking off offensively the last few weeks he was here. That's, that's, why, that's why this wasn't, oh, it's tough, they traded away my favorite player. That's not what Suns fans are saying. They're saying they traded away my favorite player, and he might be a great player, yeah. too. With all due respect to Kelly Oubre, man, this is not trading away Kelly Oubre for Chris Paul. Kelly Oubre doesn't have a lot of 45-point games yeah. and play defense the way Mikel does. You're trading away a guy that hasn't fully ascended yet. And honestly, at the start of the year, I kind of thought he had. No, this is exactly, that's a great observation by you right there. I think you ripped it off from me, but that is a great observation right there. Because honestly, honestly, just the fact that he is continuing to develop. Mikael Bridges, we all kind of feel like we know Mikael Bridges, yet we all would admit that he has done nothing but improved his game. He was always a lockdown, shutdown guy. Always was a great defender. We all know that. But he is developing and improving his game, and he has every year. He's improved his three ball, of course. He's got the ability to put the ball on the floor and take it to the rack and, and get to the foul line, as he did last night. He was 7 of 7, I think, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, from the free throw line, right? Get to the free throw line and shoot some free throws, how critical that was. And now we're seeing him start to close games out, and we saw that in the absence of Devin Booker, uh, just an emerging, a guy that was willing to take the shot. And this part of his game, I think, is continuing to develop right now. It's all coming to a head for Mikel Bridges. And you know what? Honestly, maybe this change of scenery will bring the best out, the very best out of Mikel Bridges. Maybe this is going to be the final step in his development going forward. Listen, you always are evolving as a player. That's always going to happen. But... I think for the most part, when you look at Mikael Bridges, he doesn't have a weakness at this point in his game. He doesn't. No. And he's going to continue to develop and grow in that truth. It's such a unique and almost awkward spot if you're a Suns fan because anytime you make a trade, you want it to be definitive. You won the trade, right? And and we talked about this earlier, and I I think we all have to kind of – We have to sort of hit this realization. If the Suns win a title this year, next year, the year after, if Kevin Durant is at the center of the Suns winning a title, and I just mean one, then it was worth it, no matter how great Mikel Bridges becomes. 
But typically, when you make a trade, it's like, okay, you know, sometimes you like the guy that's leaving or the, the players they're trading, but, you know, you don't. Okay, you want to feel like you won the trade. You want to feel like Kevin Durant is so much better than anybody here, and it's not like those guys went and played better there. I think Suns fans want to see Mikel play well, and it's weird to see him go out and put up 45 in a different uniform. It hasn't been that long. He just left last week. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but it's okay because it's Mikel Bridges. You still want to see him do well. You, you, you want to see him evolve. But you hear stuff like this, and I know this got to a lot of Suns fans last night, and rightfully so. Kendrick Perkins, after the game, tweeting out, it's a difference between playing the right way and waiting your turn and being held back. Mikel Bridges with a smooth 45-piece wing dinner, eight biscuits, and five apple pies. Phoenix was in the way. Carry on. Now, 45-piece wing dinner. Sounds fantastic yeah, right. right now, and it did earlier, right. too. But, um, yeah, that's... Carry on. That's, I, I love that's just Perk. not accurate. I love Perk, but uh, even Mikel Bridges would have laughed out loud on yes. that one. I think. Maybe know. that's why he tweeted out LOL. It's just, Mikel Bridges, um, it's not only how good he is. It's not just the tangible on the floor. It's not just the fact he offensively, I don't think, really has a weakness. I, this is a guy who can take you to the rack. This is a guy whose who's mid-range game is, is awesome, as we all know. A guy who can shoot the three. Lockdown defender, I mean, yet... All of it seems to pale in comparison to the demeanor of Mikael Bridges and who he is. His his smile is ever-present. The joy that he experiences competing and how hard he works out of the floor. To me, that that is a thing that stands out more than anything else in regard to Mikael Bridges. It's how he goes about his business. It's not just the results that he has, which are fantastic. But it's how he goes about his business. That's what I. That's what I'm going to miss most mm-hmm. from Mikael Bridges. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And the thing is, if you look at the Nets right now, the way that roster is constructed, there might be a few more of these games coming up this year. Maybe not 45 pointers, but they're scoring last night in a win over the Heat. Mikael had 45. Cam Thomas had 19 off the bench. Cam Johnson had 18. That's it. Apparently, Mikel has to play on a team with two cams at all times. Yeah, too. right. That's just a rule. What is that? Nobody else was in double figures on that that team, and they have Spencer Dinwiddie. He just had an off night, but that team is is right now built around Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges being and, a scorer, and given the opportunity of being a scorer right now, the expectation being heaped on him of being a scorer right now. See, maybe this is exactly what he needed to bring this part of his game out. We were seeing the baby steps of it. I believe that. He he took off in the last few weeks before. And that's what I was saying before is like, we came into the season, we had the conversation when Booker got hurt. You know, yes. who, who's, who should have to pick up the scoring? And I always was like, I can't, you can't ask Mikel Bridges to do it every night because he's doing so many other things. Apparently you can yes. ask him to do it every Apparently. night. I wonder if, if, if he looks on the bench and sees Ben Simmons, who barely plays at all now, like by coaching decision, if he's like, if, if Ben Simmons watches Mikel and is like, wait, you can, you can play every game? Yes. Yeah, You don't have to sit out three right. out of every five? Yeah, you know what's also interesting about what you're saying and intimating right now? Just the fact Mikal Bridges, okay, <laughs> that's great. And DeAndre Ayton as well. And you're, you're asking the question, who should have stepped up? Should it have been Mikal? Should it have been DA stepping up in the absence of Devin Booker to become that score that the Suns needed? That was an argument that we were having, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. Yeah. And to me, you could look at both of these guys in terms of the trade. Maybe this is exactly what Macau Bridges needed 
to go out on his own, a change of scenery, and now all of a sudden they're counting on him to go out and score and maybe, maybe even close out games. Yes, that's what it, maybe that is what he needed to grow, the opportunity, and also flip it over. KD comes here and the impact that it has on DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> and maybe that's exactly what he needed to grow and continue to develop. It's such a high-stakes trade, at least from the Suns' perspective, what you gave up and what you got. Those trades aren't typically win-win for both teams, you know? And yet, it needs to be, because it, it is a win for the Nets that they got two players like that and a bunch of picks when they were they were going to tear down their team anyway. You yeah. know? If From Brooklyn's perspective, you're looking around like, we got to tear this down, and we got to probably do it sooner rather than later, or we're not going to get va- equal value. And now they have a core and a bunch of picks to build around. But again, and I know it doesn't feel this way quite yet, and maybe it'll start to change in about 35 minutes. Sun's got Kevin Durant, and as long as he stays healthy, they should be the favorites to at least make the NBA Finals. Yes. Three more years after this season. <laughs> I just love saying that out loud. Three more years after this season, ladies and gentlemen. Think about it. Rolling it. Absorb it. Your thoughts to the FanDuel text line as you're rolling in it and absorbing it at 620 620 right now. We come back. We're going to get to the, uh, how many more did you have? Three? Three more things you wanted to hear from Jonathan Oh, yeah, right. So what is his score right now? Was he two for two? No, he's one for two. One for two. Okay, so we'll hear the next three. Uh, Next, it's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, I tell you, it, I'm still in that mode. You hear Jem do the update right there. The Suns are about to introduce a 13-time All-Star who's won two rings and has been Finals MVP twice. Yeah. And he's not, this is not like 20 years from now and he's like a consultant. No, he's going to play. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be at the center of everything they do on the floor. And he's here three more years after this year. Yeah. Once again, can I say that? How you, many times can I say that in a show? You could. You still have 28 minutes before the press conference. You can say it as much I'm as you want. I'm going to say it twice more. All right. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I'll make sure I check those yeah, out. Well, uh, we'll get back into Suns in a second, but I, I want to get back to football because we had a press conference at the start of the show, and we're going to have one at the end of the show. But the one at the start of the show was with Cardinals' uh, new head coach, Jonathan Gannon. And you had you had five things, five Wolf, things. that you were hoping to hear him say, but we didn't get into them before the press conference because our show started with the press conference. So you ran through the first two real quick. But yes, about 15 let, let me do ago. that quickly right now, okay? The, the very first thing I wanted to hear from Jonathan Gannon was winning is hard, but our philosophy is simple. Be capable, in other words, of being whatever we need to be to beat our opponent. He covered that. He did. Adaptable is what he said. The second thing I wanted to hear was football is hard, and we practice hard. <laughs> that was that was number two. Uh, nobody asked him that, but we did have the opportunity to ask him that, and I think they are going to practice very, very hard. Number three, here well, it so is. Just to clear that up, because yes. when we were going to break before, you were like, okay, he, he was one of two. It was one of two in the press conference, but when you and I had him on the show, sure. we asked him about it. So really, he sure. was two for two. You he got to hear him. He was two yeah. for two right there. Okay. Right. okay, well done by you. But for me, right here, I said, this is what I wanted to hear in the press conference. So that's that's why I was going with this. Fair. Because it happened before, not our interview. I didn't yes. write these down. It happened before that. Okay, number three, football is physical, and we need to find physical players. <laughs> That was number three right there. That's what I wanted him here. This is a this is a tough, violent, physical, aggressive game. 
and we need to go out and get physical, aggressive, violent football players on the field once again. We're talking about the paradigm between the white lines. Understand that, Basinonians, please. We're talking about in between the white lines. To go out and play the game and tap into the essence of football the way that you should. And it's okay to go out there with bad intentions of driving somebody into the ground and doing it with malice. It's okay. And that's what he's talking about right there. And he said violent. That's it. And he also followed it up. Well, he, he we had him on the show, and obviously <laughs> there, there were a few things he said in the press conference. I just looked over at Wolf like, yeah, he is saying things in his own way that I've heard Wolf say on this show a lot uh, or just say to me off the air a lot. But when he said he wants his team to play with violence, I was like, all right, that's, <laughs> this guy's already won Wolf over. He, he had him at violence. You asked him when we had him on the show what exactly he meant by that. So uh, you probably can't say all that uh, in a presser like that in that setting, but um, our guy's our guys, we have a very specific way that regrade violence on offense, defense, and special teams. And there are certain principles that our guys are going to, and standards that our guys are going to have to play to if they want to be Arizona Cardinals. Because, you know, it, this is a violent physical game. And I believe in being the more physical team is another way that helps you win football games. So uh, we have a standardized process of how we do that. That will be explained to everybody that puts on a jersey, and they'll have to uphold that standard or they won't be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> start singing while he was uh, answering that was the question. Right there. No, no, I, honestly, we just don't have the time to do it right now. Oh, but that is, thank you very much for that, Mel. <laughs> That's all we need right there. That's just kind of... Uh, La, 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 right, it just, just it makes it so you quickly. happy when you hear him say that. It makes you so happy. They have a way of grading that, Basinonians. Did you hear him say we have a way of grading? We, I heard the new coach of the Arizona Cardinals say we have a way of grading violence. <laughs> right? Think about that. In all three phases, offensively, defensively, and in transition with special teams, this is what the game is about. That feels and like it's okay. a distant cousin of tapping into the rage tree. Yes. You're like, hey, what's, what's Coach doing? Well, he's over there sitting underneath the rage tree grading violence. <laughs> okay, well, I'll talk to when him you later put then. put it that way, Luke, okay? But that's what I wanted to hear, and he addressed that. The fourth thing, football is tough, and we need to be tougher. That's the that's the fourth thing, and we didn't even get to ask him that on our our interview. With him. Yeah, no, we, I had about eighty questions I wanted to ask. Him yeah, in our interview. that that I think is going to be of the the four things you've said so far. I think that's going to take a little time. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't here last year, so he could see it. And I, I mean, he, saw, he played against the Cardinals yes. in, in, in Week Five, but. Um, yeah, I, I, that that might be something that's going to take a little time. Yes, and the fifth thing that I wanted to hear from Jonathan Gannon in this press conference was our quarterback needs to learn the game of football all over again. We're going to do things differently around here. Yes, they're going to build the offense around Kyler Murray and his skill set. Of course you're going to do that. But I wanted to hear him say he needs to grow and evolve his game and his capabilities as well so we can be whatever we need to be to beat our opponent. And that's 
That's a part of Kyler's game that I think he's got to continue to develop and grow. And if that means putting him under center and look, everybody, here comes the bootleg. Here comes the waggle. Here it comes. Here comes the seven-step drop. Just because maybe they're not good, your opposing defense, maybe they're not good at the second level. Maybe they're not good at deciphering play action. Maybe they're awful at it. And maybe because of that, you need to exploit the defense. He's got to be capable of doing that. So hopefully that's what they're going to do. We'll, we'll all have a front row seat. This is what he said about Kyler and his skill set when he joined us after the press conference. Yeah, so, you know, anytime you, there's a couple dual threat guys out there that you see, like with Kyle's skills, with Kyler's skill set, you can put major, major conflict on a defense. Mm. And when you can do that, you can play on your terms. So the, the, his ability to throw and to pass the football and run the football, um, you, we have to put an offense together that's going to allow, you know, him to really hit his ceiling and maximize his skill set for the betterment of the team. And when you're doing that, it makes it hard on defenses. So, uh, I really look forward to that. I got a really good vision, a clear vision of. Um, you know, I just came from a place that, you know, that quarterback has a similar skill set. And I understand going against that for two years, what that does to a defense. So uh, we're not going to look exactly like Philly, but there's going to be some Philly elements with what we're doing with, with Kyler. Yeah, to say that's what I loved right there. That got my attention because that was one of the reasons why I liked the hire of Jonathan Gannon was because he was going to he was going to come here from an offense that he's very very familiar with, being the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, and looking at Jalen Hurts and the skill set and that offense, how similar the Eagles' offense was to the Arizona Cardinals' offense with Kyler Murray. As the quarterback. And it's not only the familiarity he has with these offenses, the schemes, but also how to exploit a defense. And that's the other part of this that I really like as a defensive-minded head coach. That he's going to be able to give it from the other perspective to Kyler Murray. He's going to be able to actually paint a picture from the other perspective of Kyler Murray. And a defense. I love that. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. So head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. All right, big day for the Arizona Cardinals. Huge day for the Phoenix Suns. Kevin Durant's going to be introduced in about 19 minutes. What do you want to hear from KD? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. There was a sense of inevitability, I think, around the net and around Kevin Durant that this day was coming. You know, that Kevin Durant was planning to, to ask for a trade. I believe today that Durant is going to ultimately be a Phoenix Sun. But how does that happen? I'm hearing that Kevin Durant is expected to be in the Valley tonight. The market, I think, everybody imagined would be there. And for a Kevin Durant trade, wasn't there. I think we should brace ourselves that when we get to uh, the end of September that Kevin Durant could be on the net. Any chance of Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns is basically on life support. Breaking news at 1.15 a.m. East Coast time. Adrian Wojnarowski says the Suns are nearing a deal to acquire Kevin Durant 
from the Brooklyn Nets. Ready or not, you are cold. You can't hide. Nets fans, let's welcome to the Valley one of the newest members of the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant. Let's do this. Let's get this started, Wolf. We're we 14 minutes away from this press conference. The Kevin Durant era kind of kicked off on Tuesday night with him in attendance. But now it's like, let's let's go. By the way, credit to Aaron Maloney for throwing this together. She's so good at that, yeah. honestly. Don't let it go to your head. Okay? She's not even listening to you now. She's tuned you out. She gave me the hand, as a matter of fact. Interesting. I've only been wishing for KD to come to Phoenix since <laughs> June 30th. That's true. To be fair, Maloney, I believe, was the first in the state. I know. To, to realistically think, hey, maybe we could, uh, is there a way to do this? Yes. You, I think it's possible Aaron spoke this into existence. I think I laughed at her as a matter of you fact. You openly time, did. I, did. I brought it up in show prep multiple times. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, well, why don't we go get Bryce Harper? <laughs> yeah. That's right. I know. Why don't we just trade for? Okay, honestly. All right. So, what's your point right now? I know it wasn't on the wrong side. Matter of of fact, you can only imagine. (laughs) Where are we going in this beautiful part of the program? Kevin Durant is actually going to be introduced to Planet Orange. There's a line wrapping around the Footprint Center right now. as people, as fans are waiting to get in, maybe they're getting in now because it's going to start in about 10 minutes, but a line just to hear Kevin Durant talk, yeah. like this is a TED talk or something. Yeah, you know what's so interesting about this? We were talking about this earlier on this broadcast, Luke, and you you asked me what I wanted to hear him say, and it really isn't the words that he's going to use, Basinonians. It's not what he's actually going to speak or what he's going to say. It's how he says it that I want, that I'm going to be watching. You know, now this is a very stoic dude, right? Yeah. yeah. By all accounts, yeah. Kevin Durant. Especially in a format like this. Like yes. the only times I've ever really heard him open up and he does, he, he's a very complex individual when he starts talking, but those are like long form, hour long interviews. You know what I mean? So what we need to do is we need to take some mundane, uh, I don't know, um, press conferences that Kevin Durant has had in the past where he wasn't with a brand new team and we need to juxtapose. It. Just can we hear any inflection, any type of excitement in his voice? That would kind of freak me out. Actually, being here, if I if I heard excitement in Kevin Durant's voice, it would freak me out. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It just it would freak I, me out. I honestly think I, I'm thinking of Kevin Durant and the long and winding road of Kevin Durant and his career, and suddenly he's. He's in a very friendly town. He's in a city where Devin Booker is the all-star. Devin Booker is is the best player on this team. Imagine the the joy that that gives him. He's already mentioned Devin Booker by name multiple times in the past and the fact that he'd like to play with him. Can you imagine? It's it's finally here. It has come to fruition. He's got CP3. A, a pro's pro, if ever there was, on this team as well. He's got a good young team, a good base. Even DeAndre Ayton looks up to him like, what do you want me to do, KD? What is it? He's, he's just so trying to please Kevin Durant. He's got Monty Williams, James Jones, Matty Ish, Matt Ishbia, an owner that loves the game and knows the game. It, it, he, 
He's got to be so happy I just, at this point in his career. I want to. He's hear, got a bona fide shot of winning another title because he's here. Well, and if you if you want to get into legacy, him winning a title here. I mean, all due respect to the Warriors, but they had already won a title. They, yeah. I mean, they, they've never had a title here. If he wins a title here, even if everybody oh else goodness. around the country is like, well, you had to chase a ring, nobody here is ever going to feel that way because there was no ring here yet. And talking about a guy that before he got hurt this season, Wolf, averaging basically 30 points a game. What is this? Uh, almost seven rebounds, a little over five assists on 56% shooting. That's the thing with Kevin Durant. He's so efficient, too. And he's just one of the best players ever. Ever. <laughs> and that's ever. the thing. I, I would be the guy that, once again, we, we were mocking Maloney. Okay, I thought, no, you weren't. I was. I, I was actually. At first, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Hey, and then, why don't we just trade for LeBron? Well, yeah, I figured she um, wasn't going to be on board with that one. Yeah, <laughs> she was able to talk me into it within about thirty seconds. Yeah, but also too, so many things have changed. This is a different team, and it became very, very apparent that the Suns needed something, something big, not just a a trade for Jay Crowder at the trade deadline. They needed something big to actually happen, and they just we had no idea they were going to go the biggest. I want to hear from him, and I'm assuming this will be one of the first questions he's asked what it is about Phoenix, why he wanted to come here. Like, yeah. I think, And I don't even care what his answer is. I just want to hear what it is. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I want to hear him say this. I just want to hear his answer to that because I'm assuming it's mostly Devin Booker. But he knows Chris Paul. And I just wonder, is there more to it than that? Is there something about this fan base? You know, it was pretty well documented how hungry this fan base is over the last two years. People nationally finally saw it in the playoffs. Uh, you know, how close this team is. Is there something about DA? Is there something about Monty Williams? You know what I mean? Like, just what what is it about the Suns that made him last summer decide, I want to go play for the Phoenix Suns? It wasn't get me out of here. It was I want to go play for Phoenix. Yeah, and this is really, really weird because right now we're actually going to be getting out of here at 52.45, are we not? We're leaving here, Just yes. because it's just so weird. We've never been off the air this early. I'll see you, Luke. <laughs> And yet you somehow still managed to leave even earlier. Yes, we are getting out of here early so Burns and Gambo can step in a little bit early and uh, and intro Kevin Durant for the uh, press conference. So thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next with the Kevin Durant presser on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.